Hey there, everyone. This is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in with us, I'm very excited because this is Chris Miles. He is the anti-financial planner who happens to be a financial planner who helps people really effectively create cash flow in their lives. So Chris is a very accomplished investor himself. And he achieved financial freedom at a very young age. I believe it was 28, if I'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. there, Chris, by not following what he was taught we're supposed to do in financial planner school. (laughs) And I can kind of speak to this from experience because I got a little certificate sitting up on my wall, Canadian Securities course, because I was looking at becoming a financial planner way back in the day, Chris. My big brother, Dan, was in the business for 23 years. And the dirty little secret in that business is that the vast majority of financial planners barely have two nickels to rub together themselves, Mm -hmm. yet they're here telling everybody else how they should be investing their money. So how did this epiphany come to you? Because I know you were heavily involved in traditional financial planning for a number of years. What was kind of like that breaking point for you where you just said, hey, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, to clarify, I'm actually not a financial planner. You know, I quit being a financial, the traditional financial advisor in 2006, right? Did that for four years. And then uh, now I do more consulting work, helping people plan and create game plans in the alternate, you know, alternative investment space and things like that. But back then, you know, after about three to four years, I started to get some doubts, right? Because I like evidence. I like to know that things really work, you know, and you kind of pointed out some of those things that your brother figured out too, right? Which is, well, uh, you he, know, didn't, he didn't figure it out in four years. He was in there for like 23 years. He went through, he went through three cycles before he finally saw the light. Mm-hmm. So, so you figured it out a lot faster. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't consider myself the quickest learner, but I'm not bad. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, the thing is I was listening too because there's people I respected people that were, you know, uh, business owners that were making multi-million dollars, they would, they would kind of point out and say, wait, this doesn't really make sense. Why would I invest in your fund, maybe making 10, 12% a year, but I can make more than that in my own business. So why would I invest in this place? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, you should be diversified. You should pull your eggs in one basket, which basically just means I'm a salesman in a suit. I don't get paid for you investing in your business. Right. And then I, I remember uh, the, tipping point happened. You know, I I realized that mutual funds weren't the best either. I started to see some weaknesses in them. So I actually dropped my securities license in 2005 when I became a stock coach. I actually taught people how to trade stocks and options. Okay. But even in that world, I realized that even the best traders in the stock market, despite what they might sell you, right? Not tell you, but they'll sell you on it. The best stock traders maybe make 20, 25% a year. That's it. You know, it's not hundreds of percent a year, because if you do the math, hundreds of percent a year would make somebody richer than Jeff Bezos pretty quickly, you know, yeah. so that's bull crap, you know, so anyways, so right at the end of 2005, I had a friend who left the industry to go do real estate investing himself. So he partnered up with his dad and he said, Chris, like things are awesome. You know, he was telling me this in a phone call right before the new year. It's like, things are amazing. My dad and I, like we've actually doubled his income as a professor at the local university. And I said, you just left four months ago. That's too good to be true, right? Because my little financial advisor trapped brain was thinking like, there's no way that's impossible. You know, there's no, I know how much money he makes because he was a potential client decided, until he decided to buy real estate. 
which made me mad. <laughs> Sorry, <hey. laughs> you know, and so we got in this debate about what's better, stocks or real estate. And so he finally stopped me. He said, Chris, how many of your clients are financially free where they don't worry about money? Not just retired, but they don't worry about money. And I thought about the retired ones and I thought, well, they're watching the local news, you know, local news or CNN or something like that. Well, they're pretty much, you know, they're freaking out because they watch CNN. Everybody freaks out about life. You know, your life's going to come to an end at, at that when you watch those kind of news channels. Yeah, for sure. So, so I was like, none, none of them are financially free. If you, if that's your definition, he said, all right, well, how about this? If anybody has it figured out, how many of you guys as financial advisors are financially free? not off the commissions you're earning, but actually off the mutual funds you've been recommending. And I thought about it. And I said, well, none, maybe this one guy in the offices. And, and now some of these guys, it wasn't even this guy. I found out that guy later on wasn't either because uh, once he lost his job, he was scrambling for income. He was just, you know, all show. But I mean, there was guys in our office that had been doing this since the late seventies and they weren't financially free either. They were still, they still weren't retiring and they'll say, yo, it's cause I'm passionate about what I do. No, it's because you're broke. It's because, you know, you can't in that model, right? You can't save up enough money to really live on because you always have that fear of what if I run out of money because the returns aren't going to be high enough. Right. Uh, and that got me to look elsewhere. And so, you know, he, after we stopped fighting and I kind of, you know, I kind of agreed with him saying, listen, you got me. Now what? He said, well, go read this book, Who Took My Money by Robert Kiyosaki, which talks about why mutual funds stink. Yeah. And then listen to this AM radio show, pre-podcast days, right? AM radio show where these local guys are talking about real estate investing and, and other stuff. And I started doing that. And a few months later, March of 06, I quit. I said, I can't stay in integrity and be a financial advisor because I know it doesn't work. The funny thing is when I stopped going to their trainings for those, those previous few months, my business actually grew. <laughs> so I left my business at a high versus a low, right? Because I started telling people, well, here's the things I do feel comfortable with do, recommending, but all this other stuff is crap, right? And so I was doing that, but then I said, I'm, I'm done. I can't do it anymore because I can't live a lie. So I quit. I said, I'll be a mortgage broker because in 2006, everybody could become a mortgage broker. And then I'd do ballroom dancing because you know I used to be one of the, the nation's top amateur ballroom dancers back in the day. And that was pretty much my plan until later that you know spring into the summer when I realized I got to know what these guys know. I got to learn from them. And so I hired one of them as a mentor. And by later that summer, I found myself financially independent myself, you know, and doing the opposite, not investing in mutual funds, but doing other things, whether it be through business streams of income, whether it be through real estate or whatever, I was doing that. And, and then I was like, well, what am I going to be when I grow up? I'm 28 years old, almost 29. Now what? And, and that's where, uh, you know, I started coming out of retirement in 2007 to teach what I'm taught and, and the rest is kind of history. Awesome. So what we, what we discussed before the show, Chris, that we thought might provide our followers the biggest bang for their buck is mm -hmm. a whole concept of infinite banking with real estate. So what does, what does that mean? What does it look like? How does it work? Yeah. You know, so it's, it's interesting because I learned about infinite banking after I started learning from these real estate investors, right? They were the ones that taught me about it. Uh, the thing is they were doing crappy infinite banking policies. So for those that don't know, I mean, infinite banking involves using a whole life insurance policy that has a cash value tax-free savings component inside of it versus just a normal term insurance policy, which only covers your death benefit, right? You have to die to get the money. Life insurance actually has life benefit too. There's a living benefit where you could actually build cash. Okay. Now, 
what I didn't understand, you know, before I used to remember, I was a financial advisor telling people that whole life was a crappy product. You make one or 2% a year, don't get it. To some level, I was right, but I was just spewing out information that I was taught by other financial advisors. I didn't verify that myself. Mm -hmm. But what I've learned over the years is I start to reject some of the things that the other infinite bankers have talked about, right? Because I, I got one set up on me. It was, a, it was a piece of crap policy, right? It was high fees, low return. You don't I mean, want it was, that. It you was want... good for the guy that sold it to you. Oh, yeah. And actually, we had a, a two-hour debate about it because I was life insurance licensed still. I kept that license throughout. And two years later, I found out that I asked him, I said, can I overfund these where I can you know, minimize the costs and maximize the returns, right? I can get more cash in there that grows faster and I can use that money. And he said, no. And I found out later I could. And so we went back and forth about the debate. He was like, well, you need the death benefit. I'm like, whatever. You know? And finally, when we, we did apples to apples comparisons, I beat everything. He brought up to brought us an objection. I said, listen, my policy that I just created here beats all yours. And you can say this or that, but it doesn't matter. And I'm like, why did you do this? Why did you give me this? And he finally was left with no answer. He just said, because I couldn't afford to cut back my commissions. And I said, that is why I'll never send you a referral again. Screw you, <laughs> basically. I'm yeah. doing my own thing. And so I started to really dig deeper into how to maximize the return on these things. And see what most people do, most of these infant bankers will tell you it's a supplemental retirement, right? Because you, know, you can pull well, up Let's cash back up just for a second, Chris. Let's assume the viewer, the follower doesn't mm -hmm. know what whole life is, Yeah, doesn't know what this is. So let's, let's just start from the beginning. How, yeah, how does, think of it, death work? benefit with a savings component with it too, right? So it's more expensive than the typical term insurance death benefit that you pay for because you're adding more cash in there. Now, over time, it's still cheaper than term insurance because term insurance gets more expensive as you get older or whole life actually gets has upfront costs, but then it gets cheaper as you get older, right? So that's the kind of thing that you have. So it's it's got this combination of, it's almost like buy term and invest the difference, right? It's kind of like that, but now this money's just sitting there. It's growing, you know, four or 5% type of returns, right? Maybe more than that, but lately it's been and low no, interest rates. Nothing super exciting, but it's- No, it's so not sexy. In fact, there's no way you, you can financially retire with these things, even though insurance salesmen will try to tell you, oh, it's a good supplemental retirement because they know it won't get you there either. And right. the mutual funds, you already talked about that, won't get you there either. So it's gotta be used with things like real estate, you know? And so what I teach is, how do you get both? Because most people think either you put money in the insurance or you invest it. And of course, if you compare the two, investing is going to win every single time, right? Because you'll make more money there, cash flow, it's sexier, everything's better. What I've learned is that you can actually funnel the cash through there into that savings component, right? And then from there, take the money out and use it to invest. So you but, can borrow from your insurance policy to invest yep. in real estate. Yeah, you can access it two ways. You either just withdraw it like you would a savings account okay. or you borrow from the insurance company. They give you like this line of credit, but their line of credit doesn't have a monthly payment or anything. It's totally, you know, it's just they charge you interest, usually like five, 6% a year. But when you borrow it, understand that your money's still all in there. So say you have 200,000 you've built up in there. You borrow 100,000. The 200,000 is earning all the interest still. So what's happening is that the interest you're being paid from them is more than interest being charged when you borrow from it. So you get this you little, you know, yeah, it's like arbitrage. It's like what the bank does when they, when they borrow your money from a savings account to go lend it out again, right? right. They're right. doing the same thing, but here, just from that mere transaction, you still earn more from what they pay you than what it costs you to borrow it. 
and then you invest in the real estate, earning money there. So you end up making money in two places at the same time. Again, it's got to be designed right to where there's lower costs because then you could actually not make that difference, right? But if you get the cost designed just right, that you'll actually double dip. And so, I mean, everybody's situation is different, but you know, in my experience, usually say you make 10% a year on your real estate, right? Just say, keep that number, even number in head. Well, if you use the life insurance to use that to fund that real estate, you'll add at least another two, three, 4% a year on top of your 10% return versus using a savings account, you use that, the money's gone, you earn nothing on that money because right. once you pull it out, it's gone. So it's a way to actually make money in two places at the same time. You kind of have your cake and eat it too. Wow, that's another fantastic idea. Hold on to that thought for a sec. We'll be right back. Now, are you a real estate investor who's ran out of cash or credit to grow your portfolio? Are you looking to grow your portfolio using other people's money and raising capital? Well, I want to show you how to raise six figures or more in six weeks or less at my upcoming Investor Attraction Workshop. You can get your ticket and find out all about it at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. We're going to spend a full day taking a deep dive into this roadmap that I've used to raise millions for my deals, and I've helped other people just like you cumulatively raise hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars for their deals as well. So again, you can check that out at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. And as a loyal listener to the podcast, you'll get 50% off your ticket when you use the discount code podcast. That's right. Discount code podcast at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. See you at the next workshop. Very cool. Very cool. So Chris, I love the fact that you come from this background of financial planning. You've seen that side of things. You leapt into the whole stock market thing because I know that's super sexy for so many people and <laughs> you know it seems so exciting. The newest version of that is all this crypto stuff that's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and then you kind of stood back and you saw what actually works. And this kind of reminds right. me of that of that book, The Millionaire Next Door, right? And the vast majority of the millionaires in North America, you know, are self-made. Mm -hmm. They are not super flashy. They're not driving around in Lambos with bikini-clad babes hanging off their arms all over the place. <laughs> They're everyday folks that are exceptionally good and sharp with their money. They're, mm -hmm. they're entrepreneurs, they're real estate investors. They're, yeah. they're very, very good at doing this kind of stuff. So I love the fact that you've, you've gone from that, you've figured out, you've seen exactly what does work. You put it into play yourself, primarily through, through real estate investing plus mm -hmm. other investments. So how do you work with people these days, Chris, what does that look like? Cause you're not, you're the anti-financial, you're, born again, financial planner, you're no longer a financial planner, you're an anti-financial planner, but yeah. you still help people out with their finances and, and how to do it right. So what does that look like these days? Yeah. So now I work more as a consultant, right? So in addition to doing the, the life insurance, which is a separate thing, you know, and even for Canadians, I actually have Canadian contacts up there who do that kind of design too. Mm -hmm. So aside from that, I do consulting, you know, so what I really do is we just, we dig in, we look at all the numbers, we look at the monthly expenses and income and everything and figure out, is there cash that's leaking out that we don't know is leaking, right? Like, are there ways we can recapture more money to invest more of it? Can we get money locked, unlocked out of prison? You know, I, I talk about, you know, there's the, re, the retirement account prison where a lot of times I get people that say, hey, I've been saving this much into a retirement account. When do you want to retire? 45, 50. Well, guess what? That's not going to work in those retirement accounts. You got to wait longer. So 
let's not do that. You know, let's do a different strategy here. You know, you know, that kind of thing. You know, are we trying to get cash flow? Uh, most people I talk to, I mean, we're usually trying to retire them within five to 10 years and they may not quit working. They, they might love what they do, but it gives them the option to work because they want to, not because they have to. Okay. Well, let's talk about that for a second, because that, yeah. that, that sounds very appealing for a lot of people. Hey, be able to retire in, in five to 10 years, you know, mm-hmm. especially if they're in their thirties or their forties. Hey, that sounds a hell of a lot better than waiting to 65 <laughs> or 70. Yeah. But also they might be thinking, well, God, if I, if I'm going to try to do that, that means I'm going to have to be socking away a hundred grand a year for the next five years to be able to do that. And there's, there's no way I can do that. So how are you able to help a regular person, not, not a super wealthy person actually accomplish that goal in that time frame? Yeah, it really does depend on the situation, right? Well, here's the, here's the reason is because even if somebody saves up a million dollars, you know, in mutual funds or savings, wherever it might be, right? Yeah. Even then, if you're trying to pull out the money, like I used to advise people to do as a financial advisor, people, so there's some people still teach you the old 4% rule, which that doesn't work anymore. We, even when I was a financial advisor almost 20 years ago, we were questioning that rule if, because people were living longer, inflation was higher, you know, things like that. Well, so remind us, what's the 4% rule? Yeah. So the 4% rule is, it says that whatever money you have, you should live on 4% a year and not run out of money. So if you have a million dollars, the 4% rule would say, great, I can live on $40,000 a year, right? Which is not a lot. Don't, don't feel like much of a millionaire. No, <laughs> not even close. Yeah. So obviously if their goal was you know, 100,000 a year, right? They would have to have two and a half million dollars saved up. And so they would make their little targets based on average return of the market to say, here's where how you hit two and a half million. You know, of course you're chasing inflation, so it'll be higher by then, but not eventually you'll get there. into account, especially up here in Canada, which and especially the fees. Yeah. Oh, they're horrible. Right. Yeah. So you get all that drag. So you're likely to get six, 7% on your money. Right. Maybe. Well, yeah. yeah, maybe exactly. But instead, what we found out is that really 4% was too aggressive because inflation is more than what the government claims. Right. And we know also that life situations happen. People live longer. So really two or 3% should be it. So instead of having a million dollars living on 40,000 a year, we should be living on about 20 to 30,000. Oh, yay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's something to get excited about, right? Yeah, really. uh, that, that was another thing that kind of depressed me as a financial advisor that last year is that I would have to alter the numbers to feel better to give people hope because I would have to move inflation down to 2% yeah. just to uh, you know show people hope. And these are people I was talking to in their 20s and 30s. Hmm. I was like, here, if I make this 2%, you're putting away $300, $500 a month, there, now you'll have you know, a couple million dollars or whatever by that point, which after inflation is less, a lot less than a couple million, right? So that was the stuff I was doing. So the point is that people really, in the most part, don't even have hope, even if they have a million dollars. Yeah. But that same million dollars, like I know with real estate here in the United States, uh, we go for at least a minimum of 10% a year, right? I mean, usually we get double digit returns, sometimes quite a bit more. I mean, still good double digits, like more than 10%, maybe 12, 15%. Yeah. But I mean, but still, I mean, it's all about cash flow, right? Like that's the big key thing that mutual funds are missing because it's always about how do I not run out of money. But when you're investing for cash flow, that's the thing that blew my mind after I quit being a financial advisor or about the time I quit because then everything became hopeful. Because if I knew I could make 10% a year, say you have a million dollars, now I'm making $100,000 a year, not 20, 30, 40 yeah. if you're lucky. Yeah, exactly. And so it changed everything. So for even people that are starting out, like I was talking to a guy just uh, the other day, he had probably about $70,000 to invest. Not a lot, 
right? I mean, not a ton to get going, but I said, still, like you're packing away. He's packing away about 3,000 a month, you know, wow. 2,500 to 3,000 a month is what he was able to start pumping in savings. I told him, I said, listen, you keep that up, you know, it won't be long. And his expense, monthly expenses were only about 50,000 a year. So I was like, man, you've kept your expenses low. You're saving a lot. For you, you can hit that number fast. You know, I mean, really, it would not take a lot. I said, really, you need $400,000, $500,000 in, in equity and or cash, you know, from deals that we do over this period of time that will get you there. And so if you save it, it might take you 10 years just saving. But if we start buying real estate along the way, and that gives you other things with tax benefits and, you know, there's even like appreciation potential plus the cash on cash returns, you'll probably do that within about seven years, if not less, you know, which the kid, the guy's only 28 years old, no, 27 years old. So imagine him being a 35 year old that's financially independent. I mean, that's exactly. incredible. And so that's the kind of things that we do is trying to figure out how to map out that, that game plan to get him there, how to really strategize and then connect him with the people that have the deals, you know, so we don't offer any investments ourselves. We stay completely more in the, that consulting role, giving options, but letting them decide based on what their goals are saying, here are the, you know, based on all these things you could be doing, here's the few things that would fit for that objective you have. Now you decide of those, which one, where you want to invest. And, and then we just kind of provide guidance and education along the way. Awesome, Chris. Well, I'm glad that you come over to the light side. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and that, uh, that, you know, that you've had success and that you're really showing people how it really works because you've got a, a very unique perspective on things you know, you, you've been in that industry, you know what we're spoon fed mm -hmm. from school, from the government, from everything that we're supposed to do. You'd understand how it really doesn't work for people and what actually does. So if folks want to find out more about you and perhaps even start working with you, what's the best thing for them to do? Yeah, they can visit our website, moneyripples.com. That's with an S on the end, R-I-P-P-L-E-S.com. Or they can even follow my own podcast, The Chris Miles Money Show, which of course you're a guest on. So they can do that as well on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever they use to follow podcasts. Fantastic. Chris, thanks so much. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been such a pleasure, Dave. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. Take care and see you on the next episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.